The Apprenticeship of Giuseppe Lupo Written by Youssef L. Deeb Narrated by Jason Melnichuk Intro Part 2 The Colors of a Sandwich Geo's Early Days In my faded, gray notes from Geo's early sessions, I read one of his quotes. In our newfound freedom, poverty closely followed. He was speaking of his very early childhood. Sifting through the notebooks now, I begin to see and recognize patterns that defined his life trajectory, lines of influence that are now freshly layered with a deeper, richer meaning for me. They are like palm lines and I an amateur palmist. How do you define a person's life? Here the adult me reads young me's notes. On the spine of a page from my notebook, I read my scribbled handwriting, I want to be like Geo, and I realize how deeply he has influenced my own life trajectory. And so, I turn a page and go on to read my notes of the next chapter of Geo's story. I clearly remember this night, the three of us taking notes and watching him as he slowly puffed on a cigar and acted out his story. 2. The Colors of a Sandwich The closing days of World War II are Giuseppe Lupo's snotty toddler days. The popular uprising against the fascist rule, celebrated as Quattro Giornato di Napoli, the Four Days of Naples, has ended, and the Allied forces had taken hold of the city, freeing it and the surrounding villages. The south of Italy is now recovering at a snail's pace, now ravished by poverty and looting. The Allies, bringing freedom from dictatorship, are slowly making their way up the boot of Italy. Naples is where the Allies send their German prisoners of war to work as laborers. There is a bitter sweetness in Gio's recollection of those days of his early youth in the village of Portici, now a suburb of greater Naples. The village hugs the rich foothills of Mount Vesuvius and stretches down to touch the sea, where it claims its origins as a tiny port. The town has been destroyed many times in history by the towering, treacherous volcano, only to rise in its shadow again and again. Farms pop up to till the unusually rich soil that is fed by regularly spewed nutrient-rich ash as a result of the magma from deep in the Earth's core. Here the Allies built work camps for the German POWs, and the Italians rejoiced in using their former taskmasters as laborers on their tomato farms and vineyards. Gio spoke to about his earliest memories, his dramatic, troubled childhood. God rest her precious, remarkable soul, my mama, Violetta. In her days, she did everything to keep us from being hungry, and I might add she did this without ever losing her dignity. She raised me all by herself, my papa? We don't know what happened to him. He was enlisted as an infantryman in the Italian East African Command. Letters would arrive regularly, long love letters, some with beautiful poetry for Violetta. I still have these, but after the British blocked Italian ships from trespassing the Suez Canal, the letters stopped. Do you guys even know your history? We never heard from papa again. I find it hard to speak of him. You see, we think that he was killed in a battle north of Asmara, 
Do you guys know where that is? Eritrea. Lucky for him not to have lived to see how the fascists raped our beloved Italy. You see, in our newfound freedom, poverty closely followed. Mama made to tending the tiny family farm that Papa had left us and adding to the meager income by preparing food for prisoners. Every morning, I tagged along as she made her way to the village jail. There she would ask passers-by to donate to her the cost of the sandwiches so that she could feed a prisoner or two. Do good. Do good, Gio. Always, she repeated to me. What the donors didn't know was that she gave the sandwiches to prisoners anyway, even if there were no donations. She had another purpose that drove her. You see, she had a personal secret in every one of her sandwiches. First, she was feeding Italian prisoners, who were arrested by the Germans as deserters, and now the Germans, who had arrested them, occupied the same jail cells. Only days before, these same Germans ruled the village with a heavy, deadly fist. They shot dead many of the escaping free Italians who tried to avoid getting shipped to forced labor camps in Germany. Now as the tables turned and they became captives, it was them who begged for mercy. The other women of the village traded what they could for a tin of corn or some cigarettes with the young, fresh-faced American soldiers. Salacious rumors spread through the village market about other trades, but no one dared speak openly of this. But my mama was different. My beautiful Violetta. She saw in the eyes of the German prisoners the same fear that only a few days earlier she had seen in the young Italian men, her compatriots, that were being shipped off to feed the German war machine. She saw through it all, the human condition, the eternal samsara, you know, the cycle of life and death, and the tragic comedy that is called a life. Yes, she was a very special soul. I was four or five at the time. One day, early before dawn, we were shaken awake by the jumbled sound of men marching in step. Loud shouts of military orders and a jeep convoy passing by and stopping below us. Out of our window, Mama and I saw the wretched faces of the new German POWs being marched in a single line, to the farms to labor. Look, Gio, see their sad, forlorn faces? They too have mothers, wives, fathers and brothers praying for them, missing them, wondering about them. Some may be old enough to have a child, like you. They will be missing them now, just like we miss your papa. So sad, isn't it, this world of men? Then I remember this, she told me. You must memorize this, Gio. Promise me, no matter what, this will be your motto, your watermark. La vita è bella. Okay? Now come. She rushed to the kitchen, quickly put together a dozen sandwiches and arranged them on a tray. I think it was all the food we had. She then wrapped herself in a tattered trench coat, one that she had found in the aftermath of the retreating Germans, among the looting, during the woman's hunger demonstrations, a leftover by the troops. We rushed down, with me quickly following in her coattails. On the street, she inched her way to the long line of prisoners smiled at them, and offered to whoever dared to look up at her a sandwich. 
La vita e bella, she kept repeating to their shell-shocked, sad faces, to console them. The boyish American guards laughed at her and tried to shoo her away, but she seemed not to notice, or maybe she was ignoring them. Suddenly, we were drenched with water. One of our neighbors, I don't remember her name, but I do remember her dark, fat, ugly soul. Angry that Mama was feeding the enemy, had thrown a bucket of dirty wash water on us and the soldiers near us. Violetta, you slut! What are you doing feeding the filthy Germans? Better you offer them your body? She screamed down. I'll never forget what my mama did. She grabbed one of the sandwiches from a soldier. The man had barely taken a small bite and suddenly found his luck reversed. Poor guy. Mama looked up at the angry woman and screamed back. You dirty fat witch! How dare you throw your filth on us? She then opened the sandwich with both her hands to show her. Look, you bitch, it's Caprizi. The colors of our tricolor flag. I'm feeding them our earth, our beloved Italia. I'm sharing with them our pride. Suddenly, the crack of cocked rifles drew everyone's attention. Two of the gum-chewing American guards pointed their rifles at us, nervous and frustrated with the commotion, short-tempered at not understanding the unfolding scene. We froze. I heard a loud whimper, something close to a muffled scream. It made my spine shiver. I can still remember it. We all turned to look. There, a few steps away, a distraught man, one of the captured German soldiers, was on his knees. He was punching and slapping himself with both hands on the side of the face over and over. The women screaming at each other triggered a release of mortal fear inside him. He expected to be treated as harshly as he had treated others only a few days earlier, and now he was confused, afraid, broken. The upstairs fat angry woman shouted at my mother, See, look at him, the same one who tried to arrest my cousin last week. Look at yesterday's mobster, now a tiny mouse crying like a little girl. Mama, never one to cower to anyone, walked over and knelt down next to the man her knees scraping the wet dirt road. She hugged him and brought his face to her bosom. Never mind. Never mind. It's okay. Va bene. Va bene, she repeated. She looked so vulnerable yet so strong. That moment is frozen in my memory. A hushed silence fell over us, all of us. The German prisoners the young American G.I.s, the woman upstairs and the whimpering German. I tasted dirt and death in my mouth. It was as if his crying was our own communal crying, our mourning of a loss of innocence, a recognition of our common and eternal human condition. His were tears for freedom, for justice and peace. Mama stole a glance up at the angry woman, and whispered to herself under her breath. I could sense that she was straining to control her emotions with each word and what it conveyed. Never live your life flat, in black and white. Then she looked down at me and stared straight into my eyes as she had never done before. Geo, always live life to the fullest. Never black and white. 
At least try, okay, baby? That day, I sensed my life reveal a split path. A new road, different from all the childlike days that had brought me to this moment. That day I learned the word empathy. That incident made me always, always interrogate life. Gio paused and looked behind him. Boys, look up above the bar. Do you see that film poster? Every time I watch a film with Sophia Loren, I remember my mama, my Violetta. Violetta.